Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today we want to bring you in on a service from the river and uh, during Youth Week, and it's on seed time and harvest, but enjoy it. It'll encourage your faith, um, how to pray and believe God for anything that you're believing God for. So check it out. I'm going to tell you actually how really probably the two biggest testimonies of my life um, they have to do with believing the Lord for things, how they happened, and... Um, and what I learned from it. So Genesis chapter 8, and I'm going to read verse 22. Everyone there? A few pages in. Genesis 8, 22. While the earth remains, seed time. Everyone say seed time. And harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. There's things in the word that God calls laws. You know, gravity's a law. Whether you want to or not, you're cooperating with the law of gravity right now. On earth gravity is a law. It's a, it's a natural law. There's things at work whether you like it or not. And then there are spiritual laws. There are things that God's put in place that God will not bend. You know, God can actually suspend natural laws. There's a, there's a story in the Old Testament about how God caused the sun to stand still so that they could finish their battle. So God paused time, the rotation of the earth. That it's, we're supposed to rotate, right? Once every 24 hours. That's how we know it's a day. So you can look up and see where the sun is and know what time it is, right? I don't know. We, we just use our, our smartphones, but that was the way they did. Oh, what time is it? Um, horizon. Uh, it's about 10 a.m. So, but God suspended natural laws. But there's, there's uh, supernatural or spiritual laws that God doesn't suspend. You know what's a spiritual law? The law of forgiveness is a spiritual law. The Bible says that if you don't forgive other people, God can't forgive you. Not he doesn't want to. We know from the word of God that God is not willing that any should perish, but all would come to repentance. So God wants to forgive every person on the earth. But if people don't forgive other people, God says, I can't forgive you because it's a law that I put in place. So giving and receiving is actually both seed time and harvest time is both a natural and it's a spiritual law. When you give, you receive. And that's why I spend so much time because there's a, a weird doctrine that says that when you give, you shouldn't expect to receive. You know, how many of you know we don't give to receive? Well, that's, you know, God gave to receive. God, go, God gave Jesus so that he could receive us. He wasn't giving Jesus just because he had nothing better to do. He gave Jesus as a seed. The Bible said, Jesus actually said, unless a, unless a kernel of wheat is uh, crushed and falls into the earth, it doesn't produce fruit. So even God knew this, this law. He had put this law in place. And so for all of us, when you decide, and I believe many of you have been sowing radically this week, and I, and I believe that you'll continue to sow radically as you go from here. But the, that's why I want you to build your expectation to receive. And I tell you, don't pray prayers like, God, I'm not giving this to receive anything in return. That's dumb. Give to receive. Yes, you give because you love God. Love should be the number one motivator of your giving. God, I love you, so I'm giving. Even if there was no return, I would still give. But since there is a return, and you said in your word there's a return, I'm giving to receive. So this is a law that God's put in place. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story about meeting my wife. Um, I, I prayed a prayer when I was younger. There's, there's a couple prayers that I've prayed that were like dangerous where like when I prayed them, I just knew as I'm praying this prayer, this is one that can get me in trouble. The one time I was driving on the way here, I used to have a Mini Cooper. I was driving on the way here. It was a nice, nice car. Uh, Mini Cooper S with a, like a turbo in it. It was a, a fun little car to drive. 
Um, and I was driving here, and I, it was during a camp meeting, and I just started praying. And I was just praying, and out of my spirit came this prayer. Lord, I, I want more skin in the game. I, who, who understands that, that phrase? I, I want this thing to mean more to me. I want the kingdom of God to mean more to me. I want, more, I want to be more invested in the kingdom. And you know, the Bible says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so I didn't realize that at the time, but when I prayed that, as I prayed it, it came out of my spirit, but as I prayed it, I, I, I knew. That prayer is one that I'll remember. <laughs> sure enough, that night, I was sitting over here, and the Lord spoke to me during the service and said, I want you to give your Mini Cooper to that person and pointed out somebody who is an evangelist who didn't have a vehicle, which if you're an evangelist, that's a problem. You need a vehicle. And uh, give your Mini Cooper to that person. And that was like a, I mean, it wasn't a $40,000 vehicle, but it was a nice car. And I thought, and then I immediately thought of that prayer that I prayed a few hours earlier. Oh, this is the answer to that prayer. Lord, give me more skin in the game. All right, you want, you want the kingdom of God to mean more to you? Put more into the kingdom of God. This, you know, we expect it to be this, uh, it's going to be this encounter. Lord, I want more skin in the game. I want this to mean more to me. And then I, I you know, I came and the anointing touched me. No, the, <laughs> the anointing, I'm sure the anointing touched me too, but give your car away. So what did I do? I went up to him after service just so I couldn't back out of it. And I said, hey man, uh, the Lord told you, me to give you my Mini Cooper. So give me just a few days to like figure out legally how this works to transfer it into your name. And if you're wondering, if you're planning on giving your car away, you actually can't give your car away. You have to sell it. So I sold it to him for a dollar and transferred the title. That's how you do it. Easiest and cheapest way to give your car away. Just give him the dollar, you know, you make it a sale in the state of Florida anyway. So, and then they pay tax on that sale, but tax on a dollar is not a lot of money. So that's how it works out. So you give your car away and you sell it for a dollar. But I prayed that prayer. And so that was one of the prayers that I knew, man, I'm, I'm, uh, this is one that I'm going to remember, but it's, it's seeds like that, that really start to make it that your heart, you, you, I can't turn away from the Lord because I've, I'm too invested in this thing. When it came to my wife, I prayed another prayer that I remember that I knew when I prayed it, this is going to get me in trouble. I must have been in my low 20s, probably 22 or 23. And I prayed and I said, Lord, don't let me meet my wife until I'm mature enough not to hurt her. <laughs> Lord, don't let me meet my wife until I'm mature enough not to hurt. Let I'm not an idiot and I say things, you know, you should pray more often. What's wrong with you? I didn't see you pressing in in worship. Stupid things that stupid men say to their wives that keep them... And keep wives angry at them. You're not there to force them into anything. You, you, you be an example. You go after the things of God and you let the Lord work on them. You're not, you're not, <laughs> have you read your Bible today? That's not how this works. You're not a parent as a husband. <laughs> and wives as well. Have you read your Bible today? Don't do that to your husband. There's, there's right ways to do things and there's wrong ways. You pray hard. If it's that much of an issue, you should fast and pray for your spouse to catch up spiritually. But that was a prayer that I prayed. And when I prayed it at like 22 or 23, I knew this one's going to cost me. And so sure enough, seven years went by. <laughs> and so I was 30. I put it in my vows. Lord, I, I, I told the Lord, uh, don't, you know, I told the Lord, don't let me get married until I'm, don't let me meet my wife until I'm uh, mature enough to not hurt her. And so I, and then a couple, I asked God for, in my vows, I said, I asked God for patience and a few more years went by. So I asked God for younger and then you caught my eye. And I was talking about my wife, married a younger lady. But, but I prayed that prayer and so the time goes by. But I, I remember where I was sitting. I'd been praying for a wife for a while, but this is what my prayer had been. Father, I started, I started to look and say, what do I need in a wife? And, I, and you know, I thought it was, I need this color hair and you know, 
I, I must like to go camping and got to be like to read books. And I realized after a while, I was looking through my list of what I wanted in a wife. And I'm like, this is just a description of me. This is a love letter to me of what the best things about Ryan Yesta and find me a Ryan Yesta. That's a woman that's attractive. And, and, let me, and I was like, this is stupid. I don't want to marry myself. This is so I, I threw the list away and I said, Lord, I just want someone that's like you. I want someone who, who doesn't talk about people behind their back. Gossip was a deal breaker for me. If, if someone, if she gossiped, I'd dump her on the spot. Uh, if, she, if she was lazy, it wouldn't work. I'm here to work. I'm not here to take vacation. I'm not on the earth to work for the weekend. I'm not, thank God it's Friday. Thank God it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I work every day. I'm here for the kingdom of God. 50 Cent said something that I don't agree with, but it's the one thing that I kind of kind of agree with with him. He said, I'll sleep when I'm dead. I feel the same way. I'll stop working when I go to be with Jesus up there. I'm, I'm here on this earth to work for the kingdom of God. I'm not here looking forward to retirement. And so there were things that I realized I needed. I want someone with the characteristics of God. I want someone who's kind. I want someone who's a good friend. I want someone who's responsible. And so I started to pray about this and I started to ask the Lord. But I saw, turn with me to the book of Mark, but I saw in the word, Mark, Mark chapter 11, Mark 11, I saw what was the right way to pray. And the Lord, I believe today, will give you a key for answered prayer. Mark 11, and I'm going to read 23 and 24. And it says, Mark 11, 23, 24. For verily I say unto you, that word verily, if you're reading King James, means truly. For truly I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. 24. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So I learned something. I realized there that, that for me, the... When the time to believe that you have it is when you pray. Many people pray, Lord, I'm asking you for this. Wouldn't it be awesome if one day I could have this? Faith is, in Hebrews 11, says it's the substance of things hoped for. Substance is something you have. This is a substance. So when I started asking for a wife, it re I, I, th thankfully through good teaching from this church, I had realized that if I don't believe she's already mine, even though I can't see her, even though I don't know the color of her hair, even though I don't know her name, I don't know what she looks like. I know her characteristics. I know she's kind. I know she's generous. I know she's a hard worker. And so I, I by faith, asked. And so I went before the Lord one day and I took my new list and I said, Lord, I'm asking you for a wife. Lord, you know the right time. I'm asking you for a godly wife, one who will join with me in the ministry, not one who's working for the weekend, always looking for the next vacation, one who will engage with me to go after the things of God, and I want one who, of the characteristics of Jesus. And I prayed, and I said, I'm asking this today according to your word. You said he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. And then, you know, I found two verses. You know, you, you, you got to build your case. Faith is based on the word of God. So if you don't have a scripture to pray, don't even pray. Seriously. If you go to ask God for something and you don't have a scripture in the word, don't even ask. Why? Because only, he'll only do his will. And so you bring the Bible to him and you say, Lord, I see that you said this. And so there's a scripture that says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. So wife is good, right? So I saw that. And then I saw a scripture that said, if a, it, it said, they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. So I said, Lord, I'm seeking you 
And if you said, if I seek you, I wouldn't lack a good thing. And a wife is a good thing. So I got my case and I said, Lord, I'm coming to you. So this is what I did. I'm going to give you a peek into my prayer life. I came before the Lord and I said, Father, today, and you know, this is the day, and I listed the date. Today, I'm asking you for a godly wife. Lord, a wife of this character, this character, this character. And I listed. And I said, I'm asking this because your word says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. And Lord, I ask you, because you said, if, if I seek you, I won't like any good thing. So I'm asking today, in the name of Jesus, when you pray, please don't pray, we pray all this in your name. If you say a prayer and you finish it with, we pray this in your name, your prayer is not going to work. Why? Because the name of Jesus carries power. Say Jesus. It's, it's the name that carries power. Don't let anyone. You know, I saw this recent video where they got someone up to pray. It was like in front of Congress or something. And you know how they do. They'll say like, hey, don't just pray. It's fine if you pray, but don't say Jesus. They'll put pressure on for that. Don't say Jesus. And this lady gets up. And man, I wish we could play it. But she gets up. You can probably find it online. And she says, Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I want to thank you for giving us the name of Jesus. It's the name that's above every name. The name at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of, the, of God the Father. There's no, there's no name but the name of Jesus given among men by which man can be saved. And she just goes off and like at least 30 times says that name. Why? If you're going to go for it, go for it. But the name carries power. So he didn't say, stand, the, the disciples didn't walk up to the man at the gate beautiful and say, they said silver and gold such uh, have I none but such as I have give I thee in, in his name rise up and no in the name of Jesus and so there's a right way to pray and a wrong way to pray you pray to the father in Jesus name so I said father I ask you for my wife and I ask this today in Jesus name and then the Bible says in that verse that when I ask believe I receive so although I didn't hear a ding dong at the door and there my wife was standing on the doorstep, I, by faith I'd said, Lord, you said I can have it. I found the proof in the word that I can have it and so I'm receiving it by faith now. And so what do I do? If, if she had rung, if all of a sudden, in Jesus' name, amen, and ding dong or text message, hey, you don't know me, but my name's Krista and we'd li I'd like to hang out sometime. If that had happened, what would I do? Hallelujah, that's an answered prayer. Praise the Lord, right? Or maybe I would be like, well, that's weird. No, block, delete, right? Either way. But when, if God answers your prayer, you would rejoice. You would rejoice, right? If you said, Lord, I'm asking you for $100 to give or $100 for this, and then all of a sudden you get a text message or cash app for 100 bucks, you'd be like, hallelujah. Lord, I asked you and you did it. Praise the Lord. And if, if you don't rejoice like that, shame on you. Like give God praise for what he's done. A grateful heart, a heart that gives praise is open to receive the next blessing. If you, maybe you haven't been, you're not seeing yourself blessed because you haven't praised God for the blessing that you had last time. You know, anything small, I'll, I'll thank God for. The one time there's a, there's a taco place that I really like here in, in town. And we went to this taco place and I ordered my normal tacos and queso and cheese. And I got there, my wife, we get a small queso and, and, and sorry, queso and chips. We get a small queso and chips along with our meal. And I get home and I open the bag and it was a, they had upgraded me for free. And it was a large queso. And I stopped and I said, Lord, thank you. You know how much I like this queso. This is, this is the best queso I've ever had. Father, thank you for the free upgrade. I know it was only a $3 upgrade, but bless the Lord, I'm favored. And Lord, if you're going to favor me in queso, I'm not going to be mad about it. Like free guacamole, praise the Lord. Right? You just thank God. Just be grateful. It could be something small. Man, someone blessed me with a coffee. Praise the Lord. Lord, bless them a hundredfold. Lord, let them wake up in the morning and let, let coffees just rain down from heaven on them. Lord, let it, let it come. Bless them. Multiply them in that area.
Stay tuned for part two of this message. I'm going to come out tomorrow on the podcast. We love you. Jesus loves you. And we'll see you soon.